Beer. Beer. Bong. 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 one oh. look who finally decided to get their shit together craig <laughs> hey what's up we're marvel the day three we're doing iron man today yeah Ooh. i think we've all been really looking forward to this one uh yeah this is one of my favorites i love this movie and it holds up strongly well for being a movie that came out 13 years ago as of this recording Came out the year we graduated high school, Tyler. <laughs> Motherfuck. I know. Where's the fucking time gone? Yeah, I, I remember actually getting out of the screening with my mom. Uh, I was still like 16 or 17, and she took me. and Because uh, she was like, oh, I kind of want to see it. Is that like Robert Downey Jr.? And God, the time does just fly. May 2nd, 2008, by the way. So it was kind of early, early in the year. And w- this technically came out before or after the Incredible Hulk? Uh before. Uh, uh, before, yeah, it was the very first. But not much before, right? Because didn't the Incredible Hulk also come out in two thousand eight? Uh, it did. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was like June. Yep. Um, Maybe uh, October. I don't remember. Fuck. Looking it up right now. Uh, June. You were spot on. Was it June? Yeah, because I yeah. remember me and my dad saw both of. Because I was living with my dad at the time. We went and saw it at that uh, that fucking huge movie theater on University oh. where D and B's is. Oh yeah, that's a that nice IMAX theater. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was May second, two thousand eight, and Incredible Hulk was June thirteenth, two thousand eight, and then it wasn't until two years that we got another movie, which is Iron Man two. And uh, I know these are supposed to be reviews, but I kind of feel like. Iron Man's one of those movies where there's nothing we can say about it that hasn't been said before. Tightly written script, fucking great th- effects that still hold up to this point. I had heard that wow. the script was pretty incomplete, though. I, I I remember hearing that they did a lot of improving on set as well. <laughs> I'm looking it up. But I was thinking, since you know this movie's been talked to death before, we could just discuss like what it was like watching that first superhero movie that was both taken seriously and looked good enough to basically revolutionize cinema. Yeah, this had to be the year because it was this and then it was uh, the one-two punch of uh, Dark Knight. That's what I was going to... That was going to be my... uh, Like, it was super, super unfortunate that Iron Man came out the same year as the Dark Knight. Yeah, it is overlooked because I... God, I still love the like the Dark Knight is one of my it's, favorite movies ever. I could watch that on the list. It's just good. Like there, I can't <laughs> say anything bad about the Dark Knight. I really can't. Because <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if that didn't come out that year, uh, I think we'd probably be saying that about Iron Man because yeah, I watched absolutely. it and it it flew like it just constantly goes. Like that's the one thing I loved is just like all the plot pieces do fit together and. It just it doesn't drag at all. Like that's what was shocking. That's Are you yeah, saying no, that's... Iron Man or 
Dark Knight. Sorry. Oh, uh, both. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. And yeah. you know, I, I I say that this uh, revolutionized cinema in terms of like making it to where you could actually make superhero movies the way they're meant to be made. I'm not trying to discount the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans in any regard, but it you go back and watch them and they don't hold up nearly as well as Iron Man does in terms of the technology they were working with. True, yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead, because I'm still I'm looking up about the improv. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Uh, no, I, I think that was... Uh, my favorite part about it, though, because it did remind me of Raimi, and it really solidified that John Favreau is one of my favorite directors working today. Um, I couldn't agree more with that. Just because okay. they, how he handles tone and how he... It was just a perfect superhero movie. Uh, I'd say my only fucking gripe about it is, and it's unintentional, but that started the rise of the what you call the... Uh, villains being the same as the superhero kind of thing. We'll and call that the negachin effect. The negachin, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I didn't dislike uh, Jeff Bridges' as Iron Monger. I didn't, I mean, I thought that was cool shit, but then every subsequent movie after that, it's like, oh! Oh, this is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that fault lies with Marvel. That's not necessarily uh No, 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 that's not it, it was totally unintentional, but that's where I would say it started was with that movie. Oh, yeah, because, you know, it also came out at a time where I, I really think, like, that mid-first decade of the 2000s was when Hollywood really, really stopped being experimental. And they were like, oh, look at how much money this made. This is a safe bet. Do that again. Right. Do it again. It'll make us money. Repeat that for 15 more years. <laughs> yeah, you guys were talking about John Favreau, and literally his only downfall as a director is not really a downfall. It's just because it's The Lion King, his remake of The Lion King. And it's not that it wasn't bad, it was just kind of unneeded. And it was like, All I right. heard a rumor that he only did that movie so he could do The Mandalorian. I could see I that. I want to say that's true because they're. There was no heart and soul in that movie, and I, I literally think that was him just being like, fine, I'll make your fucking movie. Give me my money. <laughs> well, that's And it sounds like something Disney would do. Like, oh, what's that, John? You gave us all the success with Iron Man, and now you want to help save Star Wars? You're going to have to make the Lion well, King. He also <laughs> gave them the Jungle Book beforehand. That's kind of where I'm like... Maybe, maybe not, because he the Jungle Book remade was actually really fucking good. It was, it's, yeah, but it well, also it's my favorite live across. action remake. Yeah, agreed. And it then also the across is John Favreau giving a shit about it. The only exactly. other, the only other down one is, uh, is Cowboys and Aliens, which I actually really enjoyed. I like that too. one too. That was like literally silly. just it knew what it was. It was stupid, dumb blockbuster, it, and I loved it, it. You know exactly what you're going for when you see yeah. a movie called that. Yeah. And the problem is, uh, fucking audiences saw Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig on the bill, and they're like, oh, it's going to be Shakespeare. Right. And they get right. a dumb blockbuster and like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, I think it was also the first time in a while that we had Harrison Ford act anything else than Harrison Ford, right? Because before Cowboys and Aliens, I can't remember in that time where he wasn't kind of himself. Like, he actually played a character. You're like, Harrison Ford can actually act. Yeah, oh, up until like, that, kind of forgot he'd been about doing, that. Like Hollywood homicide movies like that, where 
It's like he's a cop, but really he's just Harrison Ford. Yeah, he was obviously Indiana Jones, but everybody's like, that's kind of what started him. And then it was like him doing these Air Force One kind of remakes or the uh, I love Air Force One. Pretty, pretty much being himself in uh, that one movie, Morning Glory, where he's just a like an old uh, anchor. <laughs> Grumpy old man. Yeah, it has like Rachel McAdams in that. I remember thinking it was all right. Yeah, nothing Harrison Ford's in is ever, like, terrible, terrible. Because even him just, like, half-assing it and just being himself is still pretty fucking good. Um, And I found what we were talking about with the improv. So, uh, this is from Wikipedia. Obviously, they cited it and everything, but... There was much improvisation in dialogue scenes because the script was not completed when filming began. Uh, the, per- the filmmakers had focused on the story making sense and planning the action. Favreau felt that the improvisation would make the film feel more natural. Some scenes were shot with two cameras to capture lines set on the spot. Multiple takes were done as Downey wanted to try something new each time. It was Downey's idea to have Stark hold a news conference on the floor, and he created the speech Stark makes when demonstrating the Jericho weapon. Uh, Bridges described this approach as a $200 million student film and noted it caused stress for Marvel execs when the stars were trying to come up with dialogue on the day of filming scenes. He also noted that in some instances, he and Downey would swap characters for rehearsal to see how their own lines sounded. The crew without any deal, uh, or no, the crew conceived a post-credit scene featuring Nick Fury and called Samuel L. Jackson to ask if he would be interested in playing Fury as Jackson had learned a few years ago that his likeness had been used for Fury in the Ultimate Marvel imprint. However, according to Latchman, uh, Jackson originally appeared without any deal for him to reappear in later movies. It was just this weird idea that maybe people give a shit if we stick it on the end. The dialogue for the Nick Fury cameo scene was also changed on set with comic writer Brian Michael Bendis providing three pages of dialogue for the part and the filmmakers choosing the best lines for filming on set. Nick Fury cameo was filmed with the skeleton crew in order to keep it a secret, but rumors appeared on the internet only days later. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige uh, subsequently had the scene removed from all preview prints in order to maintain the surprise and keep fans guessing. An alternate version of the Nick Fury post credit scene was filmed in which he specifically said, as if gamma accidents, radioactive bugs, and assorted mutants weren't enough. Referencing Hulk, Spider-Man, and X-Men, but this was cut due to legal problems with Sony and Fox, who were at the time had full ownership of the characters until their reacquisition much later in the mid to late 2010s. Those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I did not know that uh, he wasn't attached to be Fury until uh, probably Basically after the movie was done. Yeah. Uh, if I wish studios could read something like that and actually get the takeaway that, yeah, if you take risks on a film, you're going to have some flops along the way. But in the end, you're, you, you can have an Iron Man that's going to change movie theater movies for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I agree. God, just take... The fact that... These days, I mean, look at uh, the Han Solo movie. It sounds like they were doing something very similar. A lot of improving, a lot of riffing, and they get halfway through production and Lord Miller get fucking fired because Kathleen Kennedy's a tyrant who doesn't like to take chances. You really don't like Kathleen Kennedy, do you? Nope, 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 nope. She <laughs> fucked Star Wars. <laughs> I, I, I do think Dave Filoni or uh, John Favreau should just be the head of Lucasfilm at this point. Yeah, at least take uh, take control of the creative direction for what they're going to do. 
I do feel that they can salvage what was already made and make it into something good, but like the pieces are there. That's another discussion for another time, but the pieces I feel are there. They just need to when they eventually do more Star Wars movies, they just have to put them all together, I feel. So Yeah. <laughs> how would Sorry. you guys rank uh Jeff Bridges in terms of Marvel villains? Like, does he get a, a pass and be higher on the list because it was the first time we saw the whole negachin effect? Or do you think that hurts his character having all these Marvel movies out now? I think it hurts it for sure. I think it hurt it in the movie, to be honest. Like, I liked him outside of the suit as a bad guy, but then he put on the suit and it's like, ah, that's kind of campy and dumb, but it's enjoyable. Takes away a lot of his menace once he gets in the suit. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And he did go very Russian because he had the jumpsuit and everything. Like, the he had the tracksuit on. Hello, Iron Man. Don't this dark! Built this in the cave! <laughs> With the mixes <laughs> That's the best line <laughs> fucking ever. I love it. I'm sorry, sir, but I'm not Tony Stark. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the box of scraps thing, uh, uh, another reason I love this movie so much is because they still used uh, practical costumes and shit. Like, they used actual props. Which oh, yeah. Cool. Like One of the things I... Sorry, Tyler, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, a couple shots for him and the actual suit, and, like, it moved and shit, and it was an animatronic, like, it, it was cool. But that was all I was going to say. Uh, all I was going to add to that is, I actually miss the days when Tony had to stand on a platform and have a team of robots assemble his suit okay. for him. I, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I hate nanotech in anything. I hate it. It's such a cop-out, and it's such a... Uh, what's the word am I looking for? Like a, It's just so... I know it's to make it easier to see people's faces, because they're fucking big-time celebrities, but it's like... I hate the idea of nanotechnology. They're a scapegoat for everything. It's like, oh, I can heal my wounds, and I make shields, and uh, nanotech, well, it does everything. I hate it so much. And it's not just Marvel movies, it's in, like any sci-fi thing. But Tyler, <laughs> without nanotechnology, we wouldn't have Uber, Jason. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's on, true. <laughs> on, uh, on that note, guys, you guys got any final thoughts? Uh, Iron Man. If you haven't seen it, fucking go watch it right now. Don't oh, even if you shit. haven't just seen it in a while, go watch it again. It's a breath of fresh air after some of the lazier attempts in the later Marvel franchise. Agree. Thank you. Hey, All, right, All right, everybody. We will call it there, and uh, we will see you tomorrow for the next one. Which is the Incredible Hulk is up next, correct? Uh, I think it's Iron Man too. Uh, but we'll 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 have to we'll have to see. Yeah, I'll check the list and text everybody about it. But yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you for the next Marvel movie. Deuces. See ya. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. With a box of scraps. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not Tony Stark.